Hey, hey, this is Stacey Reagan and Michael Doyle bringing you all things Central 301. Welcome to the podcast, The 301. How you doing today, Michael? I'm very good, and we have a, a nice group here with us today. Yeah. I'm kind of excited. Uh, it, it, it's kind of deep in my heart what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's so. one of my favorite groups to work with here at the high school, too. Yeah, and it's... I mean, it's, all teachers are my favorite groups, but... This but one in particular so is always fun. They come up with some exciting things for our students. Well, I always think the social studies group is very creative, um, having come from social studies myself. So um, we have some teachers here from the high school a social studies department, and they're going to walk us through some important civic changes under the C3 standards and what that might mean for our students here at CHS. I'll let them introduce themselves. We'll start all the way over on the left, and we'll work our way to the right for all you people who are trying to figure out where we're at in the room. Hi, I'm Dan Morgan. And I'm Tiffany Simon-Sally. I'm Mike Schmidt, the Social Studies Department Chair. And I'm Jess Arneson. So I think we've interviewed Mike and Jess last year about the freshman project. I feel like we did that. Um, but now we've got uh, some of the civic requirements that have been solidified by the state. I think last year they kind of weren't we weren't really sure about what they were going to um, look like. And um, Mike, can you kind of talk a little bit about what those requirements or changes are for our students, what that might mean for them? Sure. Um, under C3, one of the things that Illinois has established as being important for our students is to apply a range of deliberative and democratic strategies and procedures to make decisions and take action in their classrooms and it's really engaging the students to do something with global problems and out-of-school civic contexts. And that's what we've decided to apply in our global studies classes with our freshmen. Um, there is a possibility that this uh, project someday could fall under the requirements of the new ESSA law, which requires kids as one of the possible pathways to get 25 hours of volunteer service and this is kind of indoctrinating them to that idea and it may be something that the school board and school district decides to use someday but currently we're just using it under the c3 standards so you're you're hitting that targeting that c3 standard but the possibility of this becoming more of a requirement down the road is a is a possibility it sure is and we also think this is just a good thing for kids it's a great thing well, and for our listeners who don't have any idea, can you tell us a little bit of like C3, what exactly that means and, and how that really affects learning as students, right? This is, a, you know, standards dictated by the state. Can you tell us more about that, Mike? Yeah, it's especially this one is the idea that it's more of a civics-minded idea for, for students um, to get them involved, not only outside of the classroom, but to understand their civic responsibility uh, within the classroom and uh, their place in government and their place in our society. That's something that is important and is is probably been lacking a little bit over the years. But we've seen a real surge in young people um, kind of meeting that challenge and kind of rising to the occasion when you see you know a lot of student protests, a lot more well, activity on college campuses like it was in the '60s and and '70s with the Vietnam War. So you're seeing more students kind of becoming involved in their civic duty. Well, and I think uh, we, we always talk about this on the show uh, that social media has played such a role in getting young folks involved. Right. Um, where, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for Jess. Um, as part of meeting these challenges, what have you guys developed for our students to kind of meet those challenges? 
you know, with these changes in curriculum? What are you guys working on? One of the biggest things that we've uh, sort of collaborated to come up with was a, a project in which they're going to actually design their own service plan. And uh, there's a lot of other components that we've put together for it. But when it comes down to it, they're, de they're designing their own plan that will get, you know, maybe a group of six of them the service hours that they want that they're interested in so that we're not providing them for them. They're actually picking a topic they think is important and then doing something based off of that. And then additionally, we will be, we make them create a commercial or an advertisement for their plan so that we can compile them all on a website so that other students can use those plans or even not even just the freshmen, other students in other grades could use these plans to get community service in hours and, and engage the whole school with that. Create real civic action. Exactly. Yeah. So, Dan, when thinking about civics and the spirit of service, what are some things you are hoping our students walk away with? So community service and volunteering as a whole can uh, teach people of all ages, no matter where you're at in your life, be it high school, adulthood, wherever, just compassion and understanding of other situations. And uh, if our, the goal for this project is if our students are able to experience some service through these, uh, hopefully they can take value in community service and take it on past high school. Awesome. So Tiffany, how are these changes in adopting C3 affecting curriculum? Well, one of the things that we're really trying to focus on here, like what Mike had told you about these new standards, is the actionable items. So we really tried to take this project um, in particular outside the classroom alone um, and make it something that it wasn't just this conceptual idea of what we could do someday, perhaps, but really make it something where they could put feet on the ground and the students could actually accomplish these projects that they designed and turn these plans into something that they could do regarding an issue of the world that they really wanted to address, but also then making it actionable for other students. So we really tried to make it something that our curriculum for this project is really action-oriented, but then overall it's really turned our global studies focus um, into one where we look at issues around the world and we make those connections and have students make those connections about those themes of where these issues exist and why they exist and how we can address it um, in different ways. Well, I like the idea of the action, right? Getting kids out in the real world and doing something. It's a terrific idea. And a lot of our students do volunteer and do a lot of service um, around the community. So this is just another way, an avenue for them, you know, to do something that they're interested in. I kind of want to know, because I helped film some of these projects, Vince and I did, um, who is the standout group? Did you guys vote yet? Um, I know you have a website. Uh, so how's that going? Uh, this year we're actually not voting on who's the best um, because last year we kind of tried to do that where we were kind of picking one that we wanted to go with. This year we wanted them to all be able to follow through with their project. So oh, okay. we've been we've basically kind of shifted the project towards saying, um, you create this, you own this, you go do it. Okay. So each group is so going to... So you guys tweaked the project just exactly. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, hopefully, they're going to go out and do their own. And then, you know, we almost have uh, created a choice board that if they want to do more, they can pick someone else's to go do. And that was the whole, you know, advertising their plan. Yeah, what's yeah. the... There is a website available mm -hmm. so parents can actually see some of the videos. Do mm -hmm. you... Um, what is that website? Do you... It's a CHS service plan website, and I don't know the exact 
you know, we can link that in exactly. the um, yeah. in the podcast information. Mm-hmm. So if you get that to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we did send that out to all of the global studies students' parents. Which is the entire freshman class, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just about. Yep. Well, and that was the question I was going to ask Mike is, uh, how are these requirements being shared with students and parents? I mean, um, it's great to have a plan, but if it's not communicated, <laughs> it goes nowhere, right? So what's the plan? Absolutely. Um, I know Jess spent some time, and I'm sure she worked with her team on drafting an email, and the email was very um, detailed in telling the parents exactly what this project will entail. Um, the follow-up website is great for parents to be able to access as well because they can see, actually, the plan in action. But um, the good part is, again, the upfront Uh, demonstration of what's important, what we're looking for with these kids, and what we want them to do. And I think some of the initial feedback that I've heard from Jess and some of the other parents has been very positive. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. Did you have some standout uh, videos for some service? Um, Did you have a couple? I'll let the other two teachers share too, because we kind of, you know, looked at our own. But yeah. um, one that I really liked the idea of was um, a group going to a nursing home and helping them um, do a, a bunch of different tasks, like doing yoga with them, reading books with them, things like that. That, um, you know, there are a lot of plans that we see that are pretty generic, but I liked that one specifically yeah. because we often forget about that group of people, the elderly people. So. Well, and it's easy um, with, with the group of people who are in nursing facilities at Christmas time, right? Mm-hmm. Every group comes in and sings Christmas carols or something like that, right? And then the rest of the year they get forgotten. So what a great idea to, to mm-hmm. visit those folks. Yeah. How about uh, Tiffany and Dan? Did you guys have a, a favorite project that kind of stood out for you? I think for me, it wasn't so much a favorite plan. It was just I was really impressed by the students' breadth of the issues that they wanted to address. Um, When we set up the choice board part of the website with the students' plans, I just loved the fact that we had so many different categories of issues that the students wanted to address. And I had some plans that were as seemingly simple as, you know, organizing a letter writing campaign or collecting and going out into the community and collecting old ink cartridges from printers that are collected by the Special Olympics as part of their fundraising. So something that's so seemingly simple, but actually does take man hours. Yeah. And I had everything from civic action that way in addressing um, politicians, but also I also had some students that were wanting to go out and spend hours doing um, yard work in the community and then donating the money that they raised to the foundation of their choice. Very so cool. I liked, I, lo- I liked that there were so many opportunities for the students to be creative, but that they had so many, I think it really helped open their eyes to so many issues that exist in the world, but that they could help address here in Burlington. Very cool. Dan, how about you? Was there anything that stood out for you? Well, uh, going through all the projects, I was very thrilled with how all of my students did in regards to just uh, collaborating and coming up with an actual actionable plan that uh, they actually can put into effect. I know the one that stood out to me the most was I had a group that wanted to raise money for a children's hospital. And uh, their idea of doing that, some of them were on the basketball team here at Central, so they wanted to put a three-on-three basketball tournament on the house. And obviously they they have steps still to put that into effect, but just thinking outside the box and taking their own interests and trying to promote 
service somewhere else in the world is something that I think is admirable in these kids. Yeah, Mike, as department chair, you have to be pretty pleased with how your department is kind of rising to this challenge and um, really propelling our students forward. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a great team here, and um, I'm real excited about the work that they're doing um, because it, go it goes beyond the classroom. That's the, the big thing, and we've got great teacher leaders and people that, you know, civic-mindedness is important to, and then they're obviously uh, influencing their students in a way that I believe will be something they can apply for the rest of their lives. It's that value beyond school. I heard that somewhere once before. Yeah, me too. Well, I'd like to take a moment to thank all of our guests for coming in today. We have Dan Morgan, Tiffany Simoncelli, Mike Schmidt, and Jess Arneson, all from the Social Studies Department at CHS. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back in just a bit with our next segment right after this. And we're back. Mike, we've got our second segment coming up here. We do, and we just finished up a great conversation with our high school social studies teachers about some civics changes coming in the future, which was a great conversation. Yep, cool freshman project, too. Right, right. Uh, so next up, we have a group of students who are in our vet tech program who have started their externships, which is kind of an interesting and exciting idea. And let's remind our listeners, the vet tech program here at Central is part of the Regional Pathways, which we had interviewed Kanasha Brown uh, recently, oh, a couple months ago. ago yeah. And um, this is a one-of-a-kind program in the state of Illinois, so we're very fortunate to be able to house it here. So Right, and we have some of our um, program superstars. With us today, we have Amy Hernandez. We also have Lauren Head, uh, Jaden Perez, and Andrea Murray are all here with us today, correct? Yes. Nice yeah. to meet you, ladies. Thanks for yeah. coming into the 301. Welcome, ladies. Uh, thanks for sitting down with us. So, we'd like our listeners to know a little bit more about what you guys are doing out in the externship part of the Vet Check program, because this is really the second year. You guys were first-year vet tech students last year, and so now you guys are kind of um, at the end of it. And we wanted to kind of sit down and talk about uh, externships. So, Andrea, you've been doing your externship the longest in the group, probably because you're working at your um, veterinary clinic, too. So can you tell us a little bit about what an externship is and where are you doing this? Yeah, so I do my externship at Animal Care Clinic in South Elgin, and um, basically what I do is during 7th seventh and 8th hour, I go out to my clinic, and I observe what the techs are doing and the doctors. I can go into the exam rooms with the doctors. Um, the techs have me restrain animals. They have me pack surgical packs, and I just help around the clinic there, and then I just gain more skills and what it's is that like to be at the vet clinic that's cool is that something you do every day um i know twice a week twice a week yeah, so you just go and you uh, like how many hours if students are interested in this and they think they might want to yeah. do it how many hours is involved um, for seventh and eighth hour you can be there as long as you want because you don't have to come back to school so once you leave gotcha. you're you're gone but then um 
if you're second and third, I think you're only there for an hour. Okay. So if you do seventh and eighth at the end of the day, you're just there for seventh and eighth hour. Like yes. what would be seventh and eighth hour yes. here? Got it. All right. But then you work there too? Yeah. Okay. What do you do there? Um, I'm a kennel attendant. Oh, okay. Yeah. My son actually worked uh, as a tech at the Rockford um, Emergency Animal Hospital. Ooh, what a great opportunity. Yeah. He saw lots of things <laughs> and had to do lots of things that he wasn't prepared to do because he wasn't in a program like this. So yeah. that, you know, is really important. Uh, so what I'd like to do is go around the room and hear from the rest of our guests what their experiences are. So uh, so let's talk about where you guys are doing your externships and uh, what are some of the things that you guys are learning. And let's start with Amy. Um, okay, so I am at the uh, Dundee Animal Hospital in Dundee. And some of the things that I've been doing is um, observing. I've been filling a lot of bags, um, like I spike bags. I do flushes. Um, I got to see a lot of interesting, you know, bloody situations, which I'm perfectly fine with. And um, You have to be prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a great opportunity for me to be more open to that. Very good. So do you guys participate in any kind of surgeries or anything? Or are we talking about animals who are injured coming in that you've worked with? Um, it, either one. It just depends on, you know, where, where you're at. But in my case, I haven't been able to witness any surgeries yet. But I have been able to see a lot of stitches being removed, um, them giving stitches and everything. But I haven't been able to witness any surgeries yet. Okay. How about you, Jaden? Uh, I go to two clinics. I go to Animal Eye Consultants in Elgin and Hampshire Animal Hospital in Hampshire. With Dr. Stover. Yes. Fun uh, fact, she was one of my students. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> at um, Animal Eye, it's just an eye specialty place, so I see stuff specifically relating to eyes and I sit in on tech appointments and see how they do like eye pressures and eye stains and at that clinic I've helped prepare a dog for surgery but I haven't seen anything there but um, at Hampshire Animal Hospital I went in on a weekend and I got to see a mass removal and oh, cool. a neuter so that was pretty cool oh very cool I didn't realize that there was a clinic just for eyes for yeah animals. I, I never would have imagined that hmm that's yeah, when you become a vet, you can, like, specialize in yeah. something, so that's... I guess it makes sense, right? Because you would yeah. do that with, you know, people. With humans. So yeah, why, like why cataracts and, you know, things going on with them. Yeah, cool. All right, Lauren, how about you? I go to um, Spring Hill Veterinary Clinic, which is in Carpentersville, which is, like, 30 minutes away from our school. Um, I've seen a mass removal. I've seen a neuter. I've seen dental extractions. I've seen, basically... A lot of things but I haven't actually like performed them I've just been observing and like grasping basic skills so I've also grasped I <laughs> I've also worked on surgery packs and lately I've been playing with a little kitten that's been trying to get muscle growth back Aww. Okay. yeah his name is Hawkeye and Aww. he was taken by a hawk and <gasps> dropped on the ground what? so now we're trying to rehabilitate him back into being a Aww, strong little sweet. kitten so that's now, are you a horse girl? Yeah, I'm a horse girl. So <laughs> you're kind of used to, yeah, I'm you used know, to all of that stuff, all the animals. Yeah, and so like I big see animals. Yeah, I I will see like all the instruments there, and like I noticed that a laser instrument that they use there, I've also seen at my barn, 
and yeah. I know how to work it and everything and it's just stimulates like cell growth and so everything. nothing intimidates you nothing really I just get a little woozy during surgeries so I have oh. to take my patience and then look around a little so bit I, I, yeah. guess, I guess one of my questions is is how often and, and anyone can answer how often do you guys get to go in and actually assist other than observe will you ever get a chance to do that or is that something you work up towards or I, I'm just curious yeah so we actually have like a skill kind of packet that we have to fill out and there's an I column an O column and a P column and I believe the O is observe and then P is perform oh. and then I is like and like the initials for like they they're proficient in it so anyway we're basically working on our skills and then trying to be proficient in those skills so like Right now, I've gotten, like, restraints done. Like, I'm proficient in strength, restraining. And then, like, I've observed, like, a lot of things. So it's just, like, checking off things Like, like a list. checklist yeah. of things that you have to but do. But you will eventually work up to, like, bigger things. Very okay. cool. Yeah. Um, we will never be able to assist in a surgery, though, because you have to be certified. certified. Yeah, okay. you have to be certified so, to mm-hmm. do that. Okay. So we can probably help prepare for surgery, which I haven't done yet, but I've seen surgeries already. But yeah, we won't be able to actually help help with the surgery. Now, once you have your certificate, because this eventually leads to a vet tech certification, right? Will you be able to assist with surgeries then? Or is that another level of certification that you have to go through or not sure? I'm not too sure, but I believe that you have to become a vet assistant before you can. Okay, be able so to it's do like a different qualification. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we this program is like vet assistant specific and we won't be able to, but I think next year they're working towards students being able to get enough hours at their externships and then being able to take a test to become vet assistant certified. Oh, cool. But, um, I'm not sure if vet assistants can uh, like actually help in surgery. I think you have to be a technician and then that's a completely different thing. Okay. Okay. Um, so how important is this externship part of the vet tech program for you guys? And, you know like what value do you see in it I okay this sounds kind of weird but I don't actually want to be a vet I'm just taking the class because I'm really interested in animals and how they work and but you don't know you don't know what you don't know it's just it's just interesting so if if I do possibly like it then maybe it is a career pathway that I would like to take but as of right now, I'm just taking it because I really love animals and it's nice to get out of school and take a breather and then go somewhere well, else. And you're doing something very different. Yeah. yeah. And it's hands-on. I'm very hands-on mm-hmm. learning. And Yep. And you never yeah. know what doors of opportunity that will open for you too in the yeah. future. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else on the importance of the externship part of this? Um, I just want to say that... Um, this is extremely important for me because I think that this served as a way to reassure my dreams because um, one of my dreams is to become a veterinarian and definitely work with animals one day. So I think that taking this course and being able to actually, like Lauren said, have hands-on experience has definitely influenced me and has um, made my intelligence and my awareness of what I actually want to do with my life grow. Very good. Well, I think it's really neat that you have that head start Mm-hmm. that yeah. other other kids don't have you know when you go to the next step beyond this imagine the experience that you have that other kids don't have yeah uh, i think that's hugely important i'm, I'm uh, it's i'm super stoked about how cool it is that we have 
this program at yeah, our high school. Yeah, it's really it's cool. Amazing. A lot of my friends don't get how lucky we are to have this program because not a lot of people are interested in this like type of thing nowadays because they think yeah. agriculture is never going to keep going on, even though it, it is. It's and such it's a always huge a growing business. business. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think it would be actually smart if some of them, if they were interested in animals and maybe looking to go down this pathway to do the program and just get out there and get your name out there. And maybe they could work at your clinic. Like once you're done with everything and after yeah. college, yeah, you just don't know what, you know, opportunities may come your way by doing yeah. something like this for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. As we come close to the end of the interview, one of the things I like to do is go around the room and ask, what are your plans after you finish here at Central? So let's start with Jaden and I'll work our way around the room about what it is you think you're going to do after you leave Central. Okay. So my plan as of right now is to go to Colorado State University after I graduate. Is and that in Boulder? That's Fort Collins. Fort Collins. Yeah. Got it. Right nice along the area. mountain range. Yeah. yeah. I want to like experience somewhere that's out of Illinois. Very and good. And that would be like a really cool place to do it. Awesome. And I'd study animal sciences and hope to work my way up to being a veterinarian. Very good. All right. How about Amy? Um, well, I'm, I'm a junior right now, so I'm still kind of sorting things out, but uh, definitely college is on the list. Um, Colorado State is actually one of the schools I'm looking at, along with Bradley, U of I, and University of Wisconsin-Madison. Oh, Madison, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's between those four, and then after, um, I don't know. I'll just, I'll see what happens, I guess. Very cool. Uh, And how about Andrea? Um, Well, I've already committed to University of Missouri, so I'll be going there in the fall. I have a nephew there. Really? There are a lot of Central like students in the broadcast at Mizzou. Program, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like A lot of, a lot of Central students have gone there over the years. Yeah, yeah very so good. I'll be getting my bachelor's in animal science and then work my way to become a veterinarian. Good for you. Yeah. All right, last not least. Um, so I'm not too sure either. I'm like with Amy on the same thing. Like I don't know what I really want to do, but um, I've thought about a few options they're not anywhere close to the vet thing but i've thought about becoming a cosmetologist or even like a dental hygienist because those have good benefits or even being like an agriculture teacher because i know that's like an amazing job and i know that all of my ffa advisors my you couldn't ask for better teachers yeah right with mr robinson Robinson, mr haas and and post are like yeah the best yeah they're they really are like the trifecta of awesome teachers here at central yeah and it's like something that comes natural to me so i feel like it would be nice to have a job that would be very easy and then i would have summers off too (laughs) let's not go that it's easy they make it look easy and i'll say the summers off thing seems to be like year one and two yeah and then by the time you get to year three four and five you find you're working most Most of the the summer we work most of the summer so yeah yeah. We, we don't get very much time off at all do we no, not really. No, we don't. Yeah. Now, Lauren, you kind of mentioned um, or someone did about FFA. And uh, what are some events? Because Amy, Lauren, and Jaden, you guys are pretty involved in FFA. Mm-hmm. What are some events or happenings coming up that you'd like to share with our audience as well? Well, there are a lot of events. Um, Jaden, you might need to help me out with this right. and Amy. So... FFA week is approaching, and I believe that is the week of February 22nd. It's the 22nd. last week of February. It's yeah. the last week of February. Um, 
that week we will be having a lot of things happening. I don't know off the top of my head, but I... Um, we're on Monday, we're preparing like a breakfast for all of our teachers. Tuesday, we're having one of our FFA breakfast. Yes. Yes. What's the date? I got to make sure I'm here that day. Oh, February 25th. Yeah. Sweet. Doing eggs, eggs, fruit, bacon. And we're still figuring it out, but that'll be Oddly enough. All of those things are ag based eggs, bacon, (laughs) fruit, (laughs) rose, milk, milk. right? That's all ag based. Yeah. Um, ever thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, all food is pretty much agriculture. I was going to say, it's an all food. So, <laughs> yeah. I know what you meant. So we're talking about the importance of agriculture. Yeah. Well, I don't know. People eat, right? <laughs> um, Tuesday, we're having one of our FFA chapter meetings where we just invite all of our FFA members to like come together. And we, I don't know, we just like, yeah, we just hang out. We get to know each other more. Mm-hmm. Um. Project dance coming yeah, up. It's a huge project that? coming up. Um, I believe it's the 15th. Yeah. Um, so we have an event called Project Dance coming in. So um, it's basically a huge event that's going to last about six hours, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of like a dance marathon, right? Uh, sort of yeah, thing. basically. So we're just going to be fundraising money for... Um, special olympics and during each hour or each half hour i think it is now we're going to have themed hours so every hour or so it's going to be a different type of music and everyone's just like the whole goal is just to like stand up and dance and raise as much money as we can Mm -hmm. the only rule is you can't sit down yes oh okay sitting down (laughs) yeah and another event that we are going to have that will be on valentine's day so next friday is the pay it forward Mm -hmm. conference and i believe the state officers will be coming here yeah and it's a big deal yeah it's a pretty big deal last year was the national officers but Mm -hmm. the state officers are still a big deal Mm -hmm. yeah and then is when is the national conference or was that already um the national convention was in october yeah Mm -hmm. in the fall and you guys i think finished in the top 10 yeah correct in the nation yeah for ffa chapters so that is fantastic yeah that's a it's a really big deal and i believe didn't you just get awarded a fifty thousand dollar grant yes we did did. yeah that's huge too and what is that going to what what is that money going to go towards um that fifty thousand dollar grant which we are so grateful that we got is going to go towards our ag venture project which is basically we're going to get a huge van and fill it with um, lots of mini lessons about agriculture and since we know how hard it is to basically plan field trips our goal is to take this van to different schools and give presentations to kids and um, broaden their knowledge on agriculture and that how much is it actually impacts awesome them. very yeah. exciting very, yeah. very exciting. cool very exciting. yeah i say the future is bright i would agree especially the young ladies we have with us today yep so we'd like to take a moment to thank all of you for coming in once again, we have Amy Hernandez, Lauren Head, Jaden Perez, and Andrea Murray here with us from our Vet Tech program, and they are the bright future of Central High School and beyond. We'd like to thank you for coming in to be a guest on the 301. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, thank guys. You.